1: Bob Bernie Live. And welcome. Pardon me. And welcome to Bob Bernie Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Here is my telephone number, 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. Well, Ohio has a new election law. Uh, designed to uh, the increase and protect the integrity of our elections. You, who could be opposed to that? Well, the liberal left. Uh, isn't that interesting? Now, when I look at election laws, I do not want any election law, and I don't think you do either. I don't think, any of us want any election laws that will suppress voters. I I don't think anyone who loves people, loves America, loves the Constitution, understands the privilege of voting. I don't believe anyone who falls into those categories desires legislation that makes it more difficult to vote. However, the same people want legislation that makes it more difficult to cheat. That's the ultimate question. Does the law make it more difficult to vote or more difficult to cheat? Well, Governor DeWine signed the election law into law And the Democrats have already filed a lawsuit against it. Uh, The lawsuit is supported by the League of Women Voters and uh, some other uh, pretty far left-wing organizations. And their biggest complaint, we don't need it. Well, that's it. One of the biggest sticking points is photo ID. Now, I would love for someone to explain to me how a simple photo ID suppresses the vote. You can't do anything without a photo ID. I double-dog dare you to try to take an airplane anywhere without a photo ID. I double dog dare you to try to take a train, an Amtrak train, someplace without a photo ID or cash a check or hundreds of other activities. And there is no complaint about that at all. Anyone, anyone can get a photo ID. It's easy. Absolutely, there's no excuse for anybody, not to be able to get a photo ID, and yet that's the big sticking point. This suppresses the vote, and especially, and you you know this has got to be a part of the complaint. This suppresses the vote for minorities. Why? Why? Why does this suppress the vote? for minorities isn't that a slap in the face for minorities you just aren't smart enough to be able to get a photo id um anyway it is now in the courts it is in effect for now it is the law of the land of course we don't have any elections going on right now so it doesn't really matter uh but democratic uh, attorneys have filed a lawsuit claiming that quote it imposes needless and discriminatory burdens on the right to vote now again and i'm i'm serious if you can explain to me how a photo id is discriminatory Please give me a call and explain it to me because I'm serious. I'm not trying to be smart. I don't understand. If it's the same standard for everyone, you know, regardless of your race, the color of your skin, your ethnic background, it's the same requirement for everyone. How can it be discriminatory? Anyway, that is their cry. And uh, my personal opinion: This is me uh, going into editorial mode. This is not about ease of voting. This is about ease of cheating. And in the lawsuit, this is this is really interesting. In the lawsuit, they quote our Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Frank LaRose has said on many occasions, uh, we had a good election here in Ohio. Uh, We didn't have any major problems. Uh, The election was clean and uh, filled with integrity and honesty. So, the opponents are saying, well, that's what the Secretary of State said, so if there's no problem, why are we wanting More legislation. And of course, the answer is to keep it clean and honest here in Ohio. Uh, Quote The lawsuit takes particular aim at three provisions a strict photo ID requirement, the shrunken window for curing a provisionally cast ballot. And how does that discriminate if it's equal for everyone? And tighten deadlines for applying for and returning mail-in ballots. How does that discriminate? Those are the three complaints. Photo ID, a briefer window for curing a provisionally cast ballot. And again, how are those provisionally cast ballots cured? By a bipartisan by bipartisan individuals working with the elections. Equal number of Republicans, equal number of Democrats. So, again, how is that discriminatory? And tighten deadlines for applying for and returning mail in ballots. And that is simply tightening up the procedure to make sure that our elections remain fair and honest. Uh, I don't think they're going to have any success with this lawsuit. I don't think, but we will see and we'll certainly keep our eye on it. And as, as I said, we don't have currently any elections in the near future. So the, uh, Challenge to the law at this point really doesn't mean anything, and I would assume that this challenge will be dealt with long before we have any more elections. So we will uh, we will see. Hey, my number is eight seven seven Bob Live eight seven seven two six two fifty forty three two six two fifty four eighty three. We'll take the first break of the hour. When we come back, an update on the six-year-old first grader who went into his first grade classroom and shot his teacher. Sad, tragic, but there is something positive to report. We'll get to that when we come back.
0: Bernie, Bernie live. live. Looking at today's news
1: through a biblical worldview. Here's an update on the uh, tragic shooting over in Virginia. Uh, a six-year-old Virginia boy walked into his first-grade classroom. Uh, evidently, raised his hand. Uh, at first, it was reported that he had an altercation with his student. The uh, police are now clarifying and saying it was simply an interaction. And the six-year-old boy had brought a nine-millimeter pistol in his backpack got it out of the backpack, shot his teacher, 25 years old, Abby Zwerner. Well, let me first get to the the good news. She is doing pretty well. Uh, It was first reported that her injuries were life-threatening. They have changed that and simply said that her condition has improved, and she is currently listed as stable at a hospital. So there's every indication that she is going to recover. She's going to be okay. That does not mean that she's not going to have difficulties and problems. We we don't know that. So I'm not trying to jump to any conclusions. The good news is, uh, fortunately, the injuries were not life-threatening. Evidently, when the boy uh, aimed the gun at her, I mean, the the initial response is, put your hand up. The bullet went through her hand and into her stomach, into her abdomen. The most incredible thing of all to come out of this story is somehow she had been shot, she had been wounded, and she evacuated her own classroom and she was the last person to leave her classroom, even though she had been shot. Uh, Abby Zwerner, 25 years old, is indeed a hero. Um, Even though wounded, and obviously at this point she didn't know how serious her wound was, Uh, Her first concern was for the safety of the other students and got them out of the classroom. The report does not tell me what she did with the boy or what the boy did or whatever. He fired one shot, fortunately. Uh, Now, here is what is really troubling. The gun belonged to the boy's mother, and it had been legally purchased by his mother. Now let me let me be very clear. I am a firm believer in the constitutional right to own firearms. It is a constitutionally protected right. I don't have any firearms. I got a couple of BB guns, so don't come to my house. I am pretty, I'm pretty accurate with my BB guns. Uh, I don't have any. I I, I don't have any desire. But I firmly believe in the constitutional right to bear arms. But my goodness, people, if you have guns in your house and you have children, you must, you must, you must be a responsible gun owner. There is absolutely no excuse for a six-year-old to get a hold of a nine-millimeter pistol without the mother's knowledge. Now, I'm jumping to a conclusion here that she didn't know her son had her gun. Had she known, obviously she would have called the school, she would have warned people. So I am assuming that he got the gun, she didn't know that it was gone, and she didn't know that her six-year-old son had it. Absolutely irresponsible behavior on the mother's part. Possibly the father too. We don't know. A father is not mentioned. All we know is it was a nine millimeter handgun legally purchased by his mother. That's all we know. So we are concluding some things. We're jumping to some some conclusions, but I think they're obviously proper conclusions. She was irresponsible. Well, Bob, you don't know the circumstances. Uh, There should be no circumstance whatsoever that a six-year-old can get a hold of a loaded handgun. There is no excuse. I I can't imagine any excuse. Um... If you have guns, you protect the guns, and you teach your kids how to respect guns. I've I've told this before, and I grew up in Southern California. We never had guns in our house. We grew up in—I grew up in the suburbs of L.A. But all my family's from Missouri— All of them, they're all farmers. That's my whole family in Missouri, all farmers. And every summer, we would go back, and I would spend a good part of the summer in my granddad's farm. And I would imagine the first memories that I have of being on my granddad's farm was I was around six years old. There was a gun cabinet in the dining room. Filled with guns and filled with ammunition. But man, my grandpa put the fear of God in me from day one about those guns. We'll learn more about this, but uh, it's not looking good for the mother.